0: Hello and welcome to Yoga for Latter-day Saints, a podcast where we discuss ways to improve worship using yoga practice. Last time, we discussed how the practice of yoga and non-attachment lead to the cessation of fluctuations of the mind and our focus on worldly distractions, and also that to attain happiness in this life and in the world to come, we need to put off the natural man and build our foundation on the rock of our Redeemer. Today, we'll discuss applying non-attachment to our desires and meditation and how the teachings in these sutras and from the gospel can help us to become better disciples of Jesus Christ and to improve physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. The 15th Sutra of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras states that when one is not attached to objects of sense gratification, there is a cessation of material desires in the mind and one attains a state of non-attachment. The sutra highlights the importance of recognizing and overcoming the attachments and desires that often lead us astray from our spiritual path. Objects of sense gratification are those that are perceived through the senses. While these things can provide pleasure and satisfaction, they can also become sources of attachment and desire, leading us to become preoccupied with acquiring or indulging in them. For instance, food is a basic necessity of life, but indulging in delicious foods can lead to overeating and unhealthy habits. Similarly, sexual pleasure can be alluring and powerful, but it can also lead to obsessive thoughts and behaviors. Entertainment can be a form of escapism or distraction, but it can also be addictive and hinder our spiritual growth. Material possessions can provide temporary happiness and status, but they can also create a cycle of desire and attachment. Patanjali emphasizes that cultivating a sense of non-attachment to these objects is crucial for achieving inner peace and spiritual growth. Non-attachment involves recognizing the impermanence and fleeting nature of worldly pleasures and being willing to let go of them when necessary. By overcoming our attachments and desires, we can free ourselves from the constant cycle of craving and dissatisfaction and attain a state of lasting happiness and fulfillment. The 16th sutra emphasizes the ultimate state of non-attachment, which is achieved through the attainment of true self-knowledge and freedom from desire for the qualities of nature. This state of non-attachment goes beyond merely letting go of worldly desires, as it requires a deep understanding of the true nature of the self. The concept of non-attachment is a vital aspect of spiritual growth and development, as it allows individuals to transcend their ego-driven desires and attachments that are rooted in the material world. By understanding the true nature of the self, one can move beyond the limitations of the material world and embrace a deeper, more profound connection with the universe. Non-attachment involves letting go of not just material possessions and pleasures, but also the desires and attachments that drive our thoughts and actions. This practice of non-attachment requires willingness to release the ego's grip on our lives and embrace a more profound sense of inner peace and freedom. King Benjamin gives an example of non-attachment in Mosiah four twenty-two to 25 And if you judge the man who putteth up his petition to you for your substance, that he perish not, and condemn him, how much more just will be your condemnation for withholding your substance, which doth not belong to you, but to God? to whom also your life belongeth. And yet ye put up no petition, nor repent of the thing which thou hast done. I say unto you, Woe be unto that man, for his substance shall perish with him. And now I say these things unto those who are rich, as pertaining to the things of this world. And again I say unto the poor, Ye who have not, and yet have sufficient, that ye remain from day to day. I mean all you who deny the beggar because ye have not, I would that ye say in your hearts that I give not because I have not, but if I had, I would give. And now if ye say this in your hearts, ye remain guiltless, otherwise ye are condemned, and your condemnation is just, for ye covet that which ye have not received. This practice of non-attachment has implications beyond our current life, as we will be judged not just by our works, but also by our thoughts in the hereafter. We have agency to choose between good and evil, and our choices will have consequences. Therefore, it is crucial to cultivate a state of non-attachment and transcend our ego-driven desires and attachments to lead a life that is fulfilling and meaningful, both in this world and beyond. Alma 294 4-5 says, I know that God granteth unto men according to their desire, whether it be unto death or unto life. Yea, I know that he alloteth unto men, yea, decreeth unto them decrees which are unalterable according to their wills, whether they be unto salvation or unto destruction. Yea, and I know that good and evil have come before all men. He that knoweth not good from evil is blameless, but he that knoweth good and evil, to him it is given according to his desires, whether he desireth good or evil, life or death, joy or remorse of conscience. So God grants unto us according to our desires, whether it be unto life or unto death. This idea emphasizes the importance of our thoughts and desires and the impact they have on our lives. Our thoughts and desires are powerful and can lead us toward either salvation or destruction. Our words, works, and thoughts will ultimately condemn us if we do not choose the right path. Alma 12.14 says, For our words will condemn us, yea, all our works will condemn us, We shall not be found spotless and our thoughts will also condemn us and in this awful state we shall not dare to look up to our god and we would fain be glad if we could command the rocks and the mountains to fall upon us to hide us from his presence president Dallin h oaks provides a summary of these teachings under the law of god we are accountable for our feelings and desires as well as our acts evil thoughts and desires will be punished acts that seem to be good bring blessings only when they are done with real and righteous intent. On the positive side, we will be blessed for the righteous desires of our hearts, even though some outside circumstances have made it impossible for us to carry those desires into action. To paraphrase Paul's teaching in Romans 2.29, he is a true Latter-day Saint who is one inwardly, whose conversion is that of the Spirit, in the heart, whose praise is not of men for outward acts, but of God, For the inward desires of the heart, non-attachment is commonly associated with relinquishing our attachments to external things, such as material possessions and desires related to them. However, it also pertains to our internal states of mind and emotions. This can be challenging as we often hold to our thoughts and emotions, which we perceive as part of our identity. Our attachment to feelings of happiness and success, and fear of emotions such as sadness and failure, can make it difficult to practice non-attachment but when we observe our states of mind without any judgment or attachment, we experience a greater sense of inner freedom and peace. Recently, I had a conversation with my daughter about how our fear of asking for help can be influenced by our attachments. Non-attachment involves letting go of our attachments and being open-minded and flexible. The fear of asking for help stems from our attachment to our self-image and the desire to maintain that perception of strength and competence. We may worry that asking for help will portray us as weak or incompetent to others. However, non-attachment helps us recognize that our self-image is not fixed and it can change over time and from person to person. We can let go of our attachment to our self-image. Instead, we can focus on the present moment and the task at hand, acknowledging that seeking assistance is a natural aspect of the learning process. By practicing non-attachment, we become more flexible and resilient when faced with challenges and setbacks by letting go of our attachments to our self-image. We're gonna shift gears now and talk about meditation, which is described in the next three sutras. These sutras discuss a state of deep meditative absorption that can be experienced in many different spiritual practices, including yoga, meditation, and various forms of mindfulness. In this state, the mind becomes intensely focused on a single object of meditation, whether it be the breath, a sound, a visual or mental image, or some other point of focus. The meditator experiences a sense of stillness and tranquility and may even lose their sense of individuality as they become more deeply absorbed in the object of meditation. One of the key aspects of this deep meditative state is the sense of unity and connection that arises between the meditator and the object of meditation. This can be experienced in many different ways, such as a feeling of oneness with the breath or a sense of merging with a particular visual image. For example, in the practice of yoga, it can be experienced as a sense of union between the individual consciousness and the universal consciousness as the student becomes more deeply absorbed in their practice. Another characteristic of this deep meditative state is the sense of profound peace, joy, and bliss that can arise during the experience. This can be a powerful source of healing and transformation as the meditator is able to connect with their innermost nature and experience a sense of profound well being. For instance, in mindfulness meditation, this can be experienced as a sense of deep inner peace and calm, which can help to reduce stress and anxiety and promote greater emotional balance. Overall, the experience is highly individual and can vary depending on the practice, the individual, and the context in which it's experienced. However, regardless of the specific form it takes, it's generally considered to be a transformative and deeply meaningful experience that can lead to greater spiritual growth, insight, and self-awareness. Non-attachment is an important aspect of achieving and maintaining this deep meditative state. The meditator must learn to let go of attachment to thoughts and emotions and external distractions in order to remain focused on the object of the meditation. This non-attachment creates a sense of inner detachment, allowing the meditator to observe thoughts and sensations without getting caught up in them. Without non-attachment, the mind can become distracted and the meditative state can be disrupted. The fluctuations of the mind can also impact the attainment of this deep meditative state. The goal of yoga and meditation is to quiet those fluctuations of the mind, allowing the meditator to achieve a state of stillness and tranquility. The fluctuation can be a hindrance to practicing meditation, as the mind can become caught up in thoughts and emotions, preventing the meditator from fully focusing on the object of meditation. So for the practice today, we're gonna work on meditation and non-attachment. Find a quiet and comfortable place to sit with your back straight and your hands resting gently on your lap. If you feel comfortable doing so, close your eyes. But if not, just soften your gaze and let your focus rest somewhere in front of you. Take a few deep breaths, inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. Allow yourself to relax, let go of any tension in your body. For the object of this meditation, we'll use the ocean breath. If you're not familiar with this breath that we discussed in the first episode, or if you're not comfortable doing it, just breathe naturally. As you focus on your breath, begin to notice any thoughts or sensations that arise. Allow your minds to engage with these thoughts and sensations, observing them without judgment or attachment. As you do so, cultivate a sense of reasoning and discernment, noticing how these thoughts and sensations relate to your breath. As you continue to meditate, allow yourself to experience the sense of bliss or joy arising from your concentration and focus. Allow yourself to bask in this feeling and to feel gratitude for the experience. Bring to mind a sense of individuality, recognizing that you are a unique and valuable being with your own thoughts, feelings, and experiences. As you do so, allow yourself to experience a sense of connection with your breath, recognizing that you are one with it. Sit in this state of meditation for as long as feels comfortable, allowing yourself to fully experience the sense of deep meditation that arises from your practice. When you feel ready to end the practice, take a few deep breaths, slowly open your eyes. Take a moment to notice how you feel, both physically and mentally. Allow yourself to carry this sense of mindfulness and presence with you as you go about the rest of your day. As we finish up today, I want to thank you for listening in and and remind you of the words found in Doctrine and Covenants 121-45. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men. Into the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to get in touch through the Yoga for LDS Facebook page or email at yoga, the number four, LDS at gmail.com.